today this is the courtside connect the big blue nations podcast for discussing all things kentucky basketball related i am your host matt sack today i am joined by no one just me myself and i in the future i hope to be joined by a variety of guests hopefully y'all can come and join as the main goal of this podcast is to meet or connect with as much as bbn as i can for this first episode I contemplated maybe talking a little bit about myself, introducing myself, but I'm not here to talk about myself. I'm here to talk about Kentucky basketball. So what I'm going to do is introduce our team, all the players, what I think about each player, what I expect from them, and how I think it will all fit together. Starting off, we have our returners. Number one, Davion Mintz. He's back. He went through the draft process to the fullest extent. He ultimately decides to come back to Lexington. He led our team in scoring last year. This is the first time Kentucky is returning their leading scorer since the 2006 to 2007 season. It has never happened in the Calipari era. On top of getting a lot of scoring for us, he was also our most clutch scorer. He had big three-pointers against both Arkansas and the game-winning shot against Vanderbilt. In addition to his shooting, he's also spent this whole draft process practicing with professional basketball players. I saw a clip with him working out with a pro trainer and Miles Bridges. I can't wait to see what tips and tricks they gave Davion Mintz to add to his bag and become a more all-around professional scorer. Next returner I want to highlight is Keon Brooks. If you all don't know... I am all on the Keon Brooks train. It is time for him to be the man. I think he can make a P.J. Washington or Nick Richards jump the way they did their sophomore and junior years respectively. I think he might even make a bigger one. I called it on my Twitter. I'm calling it right now here on my podcast. I want it on the record. I believe Keon Brooks will be an All-American this season. I also think he might be the SEC player of the year. And I don't think he's going to do it with a bunch of flashy stats. I don't think he's going to put up 20 points. I see him being in a Herb Jones type of role like how he was for Alabama. He's going to be a glue guy. If you don't know, Alabama was loaded in guards last year. They had high scoring guards like Petty and Shackelford and Primo. They did a lot of the scoring. Herb Jones sometimes got into double-digit points or led the team in scoring, but what he did the most was he might be second or third in the team in scoring, but he would have 12 boards and lead the team in rebounding. He would have five assists and lead the team in assists. He would have a steal or two, and he would also lead the team in shot blocking. They have three or four. He would fill the stat sheet. He did everything his team needed him to do in a addition to being one of the top scorers. I think this is going to be a very well-balanced scoring team. I don't think it's going to come from one player. I think Keon Brooks, some games, will be that guy. But I think he's going to do so much for this team. I think this year he'll play the stretch four. He'll attack the rim. He can pass. He can play the high post or the low post. I also see him being a much-improved defender and a high rebounder as well. 
Next guy I want to highlight, Dante Allen. We saw him go absolutely nuts twice last year against Mississippi State. We also saw him have a really good game up against Vanderbilt. We've seen where he is at his best. We've also seen where he's at his worst. When he's cold, he's really cold. He can't hit anything. If you want to make that next leap, that next jump, work his way into consistent minutes in the rotation, he needs to work on his consistency. Instead of having every game be a hot game or a cold game, he can use some lukewarm games where you could have him out here and maybe he's not going crazy, but he's still contributing to the team. I expect to see a more well-rounded game from him. I think he'll be an improved passer. I think he'll be an improved rebounder. I think he'll be an improved defender. If he could just work on that shooting consistency, I think he has a chance to crack our starting lineup or get serious rotation minutes. Next guy, Jacob Toppin. The big thing with him that I just do not see get talked enough about him. I know he's super athletic. The thing I want to hear more about him He's the best perimeter defender on this team. I look back to last year. You look at the Vanderbilt game. He locked down Scottie Pippen Jr. Scottie Pippen Jr. was doing whatever he wanted to our defense. He was running circles around our defense. He was passing. He was shooting. He was getting to the hoop at will. We put Jacob Toppin, who's over half a foot taller than him, yet he's still athletic and quick enough to stay in front with his size. He absolutely locked him down the second half of that game. Like I mentioned, he has that athleticism. He's a guy with tons of potential. He's a guy a lot of people expect to make this next jump. Like I just think Keon Brooks might. In order for him to do that, I think he needs to develop more of an offensive game. Um, we've seen his shot work from the mid-range. It's a little spotty, but we see he does have that potential. Maybe if he could work it out to the three-point line, become a stretch four, it'll open up the floor a lot more for him. That's what I think he needs to do to make that jump, whether it's this year or next year. Jacob Toppin is going to be a great player for this team. Our fifth returner is Lance Ware. Last year, he was a super high-intensity, high-energy rebounder and defender. Fender. I think he didn't quite make the rotation because he didn't quite fit into a position. I think he needs to get more strength to be able to play the five or maybe develop more of a jump shot to be able to play the four. He also struggled a little bit offensively. I think if he wants to be out there, I'm not saying he needs to be an anchor in the post like Boogie Cousins or Julius Randle or Carl Anthony Towns were, but he needs to be a little bit more offensively skilled to be able to stay on the court to match that energy we see on the defensive side and the boards. He, however, said that that was the case. He owned it. It's not very, it's very rare we see a guy straight up say, yeah, I needed to be better. I didn't deserve my minutes last year. I'm going to go and earn them. I need to be better. I expect to see a improved Lance Ware. I know we have a loaded front court. I think he could be a guy that could sneak into the rotation and surprise some guys. The next category of people I want to talk about, let's segue into our freshman. Starting off with five-star Ty Ty Washington. If you watch his highlights, it may look super familiar because his game is identical to Emmanuel Quickly's. We saw Emmanuel quickly played the off guard. He played the two or the three in Calipari's three guard offense. However, I think Ty Ty Washington will be a guy that we try to run our offense through. Kind of like we did with Shea Gildas Alexander. I'm not saying they have the same games. I think they have the same level of talent. I think he's that 
good. I think he has lottery potential. I think he could be the best guard in the SEC. And you got to remember, the SEC has three of the top freshman point guards. Ty Ty Washington at Kentucky, Kennedy Chandler at Tennessee, and J.D. Davidson at Alabama. I think he could be the best of that trio. I think he could be the best freshman guard in the country and a top five or six pick, too. Our next freshman is five-star Damian Collins, another guy might look super familiar. His game is so much like Isaiah Jackson in the sense that he's super athletic, super big wingspan, and will block anything near him. Look up Damian Collins' wingspan. Just type that into Google, go to images, look at the first two to three pictures, and just, if you haven't seen him yet, it is insane. It looks like he has an arm glued onto his arm. His wingspans are that long. It looks like two arms attached to each other. And despite having that wing set, wingspan, it's not super consistent yet, but he has a very smooth-looking jump shot out to the three-point line. Now, I'm not saying I want him shooting five three-pointers a game. I'm not saying I want him playing the three. Maybe he could play some four. But the fact that his arms are that long and he has a smooth-looking jump shot, it's not broken. It's something he could work on. Maybe he could be a guy that can knock down the mid-range shot. Maybe he can even stretch out to a corner three. But for me, the biggest thing he needs to do is build his strength. He's super skinny. If you see pictures of him, in order to play the five or the four, he's going to get bullied down low. I think he needs to build strength. But hey, that's what we got Rob Strong for. The best trainer in the game. Best physical trainer. He's going to get Damian Collins in shape. If he can stay out of foul trouble, build that strength, and build a low post game. This is a guy I can see being in our starting lineup and getting huge rotation minutes come February and March. I could also see him becoming a lottery pick if he works on those three things as well. Our third freshman and last freshman, this is a very small class as you see and for reasons I will note later, but Bryce Hopkins is our third freshman and he's our lowest rated prospect, but don't sleep on him. I think he could surprise some people. A lot of people give him the P.J. Washington comparison, but to me, he even looks a little bit taller. P.J. was only 6'7". I think Bryce Hopkins might be 6'8 or 6'9". The dude just looks taller. Also, he plays out a little bit more from the basket, and he has a really good ball handle driving towards the basket as well. I think he needs to work on his defense and his conditioning. You know, if you want to play basketball for John Calipari and get serious minutes, you need to be able to defend. You need to be in good shape. If he works on those two things, as well as maybe work on his rebounding, I could actually see him cracking this rotation. A guy that a lot of people are sleeping on, I think this guy could get some serious minutes if he works on those two things. The last group of people I want to talk about, as I kind of preluded earlier, the reason we don't have so many freshmen is because we loaded up in the transfer portal this year. As many of you know, we have the new one-time rule where a player could transfer if it is their first time transferring and not have to sit out for a year, regardless if you are a graduate transfer or not. The first player I want to highlight is Kellen Grady, because this dude is just a pro. The way he handles himself, the way he talks, you can tell he's all about his business. He came to Lexington to play basketball, put the ball in the hoop, and win games. A lot of this professional attitude comes from the fact that he's super experienced. 
He played all four years at Davidson, and this is going to be his fifth year of college basketball, taking advantage of the COVID rule. And uh, A-10 conference, he was a three-time all-conference player and a one-time conference player of the year. He led his team in scoring. He played for Davidson, which is a solid team. They make the tournament. He led the team in scoring all four years. He averaged somewhere between 17 and 18 points per game. Within a one-point margin, you could see the consistency in scoring. He also did it while shooting in between 45 and 50% shooting. For being your team's leading scorer and shooting between 45 and 50%, that is super efficient. He's also going to get some open jump shots, which he didn't get at Davidson here at Kentucky. You could expect those efficiency numbers to go up even more as he's not reliant in our offense as he was in Davidson. He also averaged 36.5% behind the three-point arc at Davidson. But last year, he got up to 38%, which is a career best. We can see that trajectory carrying into Kentucky, especially, like I said, if he gets more open opportunities that he wasn't getting at Davidson. Second transfer I want to talk about is Savir Wheeler. He was all SEC last year. He led the SEC in assists. The biggest problem with me last year with our team is not shooting like a lot of people think, but having a point guard that could beat their defender off the dribble and create plays for others. We didn't have that last year. Saver Wheeler is not that tall. He's only 5'9". He doesn't have a great shot, but he's super quick. He's super sneaky and shifty and beats his defenders. He draws double teams. He draws helps. That at Kentucky will set up alley-oops and kick out threes, especially with our shooting that we have on the perimeter. I think he's a great fit. And despite being shorter, he still has really good strength and is a really good finisher for his size. Some other characteristics that I like, he plays with great pace, great awareness, and great court vision. Next transfer is CJ Frederick. He came over from the Big Ten in Iowa. He's going to provide immediate shooting. He played really well off of Luka Garza with all the double and triple teams he was facing. CJ Frederick was able to find some open space and knocked down almost every open jump shot he took. He shot three-pointers at a 46 to 47% clip at his two years. That is super consistent. If CJ Frederick's on the floor, a defender needs to be glued to him at all times. And if not, he's going to make a three. And if you glue a defender to him, the floor just becomes so much more wide open. It's going to allow for guys like Sabir Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington make shots for themselves. And guys like Oscar Shubway and Damian Collins to put in work down low. As well as Keon Brooks as well. Our final transfer that I want to talk about was actually our first transfer. He came over halfway through last season and was practicing with our team. That, of course, is the transfer from West Virginia, Oscar Shubway. This is an elite rebounder. He rebounds the ball at a high level on both sides, both the offensive and defensive glass. He's a good defender. He's not super tall. He's only 6'8", 6'9", which isn't super tall for a defender, but I think he anchors that five spot just fine. He also looks in a lot better shape than last year. One thing that West Virginia was complaining about he was a little overweight. I don't see that in the pictures this year. I'm seeing clips and pictures from practice. This dude looks like he is ready to go. I don't know. Can he be a guy we play our offense through down low? I'm not sure. We haven't seen that from him. Just from his size and his athleticism and his physical gifts, you can see him being a Julius Randle type player. If he wants to make that next jump, we have to remember this guy 
going into last season, CBS had him as a top 15 player. He obviously didn't live up to that year, this past year, but I'm not saying he will be a top 15 player, but the potential is there. I think we just need to see a little bit more on the offensive end. So breaking it down, we have five returners, which is huge. I think this is one of our best returning classes since the 2015, maybe the 2017 season. Um, not our biggest freshman class, but like I said, we had those four huge transfers from the portal this year. Looking at the overall fit. Fit is the biggest thing that I see with this roster. It's not a name where you're going to have National Player of the Year candidates or like a bunch of lottery picks or top pick overall or five-star players are just flooding the roster like a normal Calipari roster. In fact, it almost seems the opposite of that. Calipari loves to load his team with roster and try to figure out fit as you go along. This year's team almost seems the opposite. John Calipari picked each specific player for what they can specifically do, not just because they were talented. I look at guys like Kellen Grady and C.J. Frederick. A guy by the name of Marcus Carr was in the portal. Some people think he was the best player in the portal. He went to Texas. That is a ball-dominant guard who doesn't have a great three-point shot. Kellen Grady and C.J. Frederick can both play off of the ball. They also help space the court out a little bit more. While Marcus Carr might have been something Calipari went to in 2019 or 2018 or even these past couple of years, he went fit this year. He went the player that could play off the ball and space the court out more. Another thing I look at, Justin Powell is a great player. He was at Auburn. He went to Tennessee. He actually grew up in Kentucky. He's a Kentucky native. A lot of people wanted him on this team. But he's not a guy that's going to blow by his defender. He's a good passer, but he passes from the top of the key. He doesn't necessarily penetrate and kick out. That is what Kentucky needs, in my opinion, and that's why he went to Sabir Wheeler over Justin Powell. While Wheeler is not as good of a shooter, I think he complements this team better with his ability to get in the paint, the ability to beat his defender, the ability to work inside of the paint and then kick it out to shooters. I think he's a better fit than Justin Powell. I'll say one more, which is the North Carolina big man, Walker Kessler, who transferred to Auburn. Now, another guy, he's another top five transfer according to a lot of these websites, I think Shoeway's the better fit. Kessler is a really good, skilled big, but we saw last year with Olivier Saar, who is also really talented, he didn't want to go banging down low. That's a John Calipari big man, in my opinion. He's a guy that could bang down low, put his back to the basket, and work in the low post and fight on the rebounds. That just wasn't Olivier Saar's game. Nothing against him, that's just not his game. I think... That's just not Walker Kessler's game either. I think Oscar Shubway, again, maybe he is as good, maybe he's not as good as Walker Kessler. I think he's a much better fit. I think the rebounder, the more physical presence, will do much better under the Calipari system. Altogether, I think this is going to be a super high-paced team. They have four guys that could play the point. I'm guessing Sabir Wheeler and Taite Washington will take a large majority of those duties. I could also see Davion Mintz or even Cullen Grady sliding over into a ball handling role. With all those ball handlers on the court, you have to think they're going to want to push the ball. You also see 
probably John Calipari's best three-point shooting team ever. You got guys like Kellen Grady, C.J. Frederick, Ty Ty Washington. You also see guys like Dante Allen and Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks who can be good three-point shooters if they add a little more consistency to their shot. I also see John Calipari committing to a four-out system this year. We see guys like Bryce Hopkins and Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin who might be a three in some years for Calipari, might play like an Alex Poitras or a Trey Lyles or Michael Kidd-Gilchrist type role. I think he's going to keep him at the four this year and commit to a three-guard lineup with one of those guys at the four, either Bryce Hopkins, Jacob Toppin, or Keon Brooks, and Oscar Shubway, Damian Collins, or Lance Ware at the five. I also think what's so super cool about this year's team is the many different combinations that you can have too. Some of these guys are so versatile, like Damian Collins, I think he could play the four or the five. Bryce Hopkins, Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin, I think they could play three through five. I think Kellen Grady could play one through three. I think Davion Mintz could play one through three. I think Ty Ty Washington could run the point guard for 30 35 minutes a game, and then also shift over and play the off guard and allow Sabir Wheeler to get some point guard duties as well. I think last year we did not have a whole lot of options. This year, I think John Calipari has nothing but options. At the end of the day, there are going to be some guys that don't make the rotation, but guys are going to have to compete. No one has a free spot. You look at Keon Brooks, who's the longest tenured guy on this team, former four-star recruit. He's not guaranteed a spot. If he doesn't play, Jacob Toppin could come in. Damian Collins or Bryce Hopkins could come in and play the four. He's not guaranteed a spot. You look at Ty Ty Washington, who's our five-star. If he's not performing at point guard, he needs to beat out Sabir Wheeler, who was an all-SEC player last year. He needs to beat out Davion Mintz, who was our leading scorer last year. These guys are going to be competing every single day in practice. And I think that's what makes the best Kentucky basketball teams. Having those different combinations and being able to move things around. And also having that competition where no one is guaranteed a spot. It brings out the best in players. I'm going to have another episode where I will talk about... Um, the expectations for this team and what I think they can achieve and what I think individual players can achieve. I also might have another episode if we add a very specific player named Jalen Duran. He's currently playing in Peach Jam. He's the number one player in the class of 2022. There are lots of rumors saying that he will reclassify to the class of 2021. Kentucky being one of those teams that he could commit to. I think that might happen sometime next week. I'm not sure if we get him, but if we do, I will have an episode breaking down what I think of him as a player and what I think our new team's fit will be. But for now, I think that will be the episode for today. Um, every episode, I want to have a courtside connect question where I can connect with you guys. I'm going to post the link to the podcast on my Twitter. I want you guys to either quote, tweet, or comment if you listened. I want you to answer to the question. I'm going to try to reply to as many as possible and interact with y'all. This episode's question is going to be, who is your favorite Kentucky point guard of all time? It could be in the Kell era. It could be in any era. I just want you to comment your favorite point guard, maybe explain why. Minus Tyler Eulis, I just love that even at the height of 5'9", he was able to control the game. The offense and defensive game went through Tyler Eulis. He's also from Chicago. 
that's where I'm from. I love this game. Someone, everyone, comment down below who your favorite point guard was, and I will try to interact with y'all. I really want to connect with BBN. That is my main purpose of this podcast. Hope I can talk with some of y'all. Until next time, thank you very much for listening, and go Cats!